You walked into a party like you were walking into a yacht. Your hat strategically dipped below one eye. Your scarf was apricot. You had one eye in the mirror as you watch yourself bugot. And all the girls think that they'd be your partner, they'd be your partner, and you're so vain. You probably think this song is about you. You're so vain, you're so vain. I bet you think this song is about you, don't you, don't you, don't you? You had me several years ago when I was the one night. Let me stop because I will sing this whole song on this podcast right now. <laughs> I'm Audacious Adri. I'm a 30-something, don't be nosy, (laughs) from upstate New York. Go Bills! I recently moved to California to cure my depression and follow my dreams. Navigate with me, will you, through all of the things in this COVID kind of world. Hi, my loves. (laughs) I missed y'all so much. I'm Adri, and this is the Audacious Adri Show, and clearly I have a little bit of too much fun singing Carly Simon. Shout out to Carly Simon. I was first introduced to that song through the amazing and beautiful and talented and iconic Janet Jackson, and I love a good remake. I didn't know that that was a remake until I took it upon myself to look it up and it's such an amazing song and I I remember I remember like learning it when I was in like middle school or like beginning of high school and I've just loved Carly Simon I've loved her style and her voice and I just really um love her I know every episode is literally me like bigging up um (laughs) bigging up an artist that has influenced me but that's why we're all here you know it was the second I think it's the first or the second episode it was literally me shouting out um the artists that have really influenced me so big ups to them So we just had um, the 4th of July, or as some of us like to call it, 15 days after Juneteenth Day. (laughs) And, you know, um, I hope you all had an amazing, you know, um, holiday. It's, you know, a day off from work for some people. It's it's, um, cookout season, beginning of cookout season for a lot of others. And, you know, at the end of the day, no matter how raggedy the United States is, I at least try to sit and be thankful for what we do have. I mean, we all do have privilege. Um, One of the things that I'm thankful for as I've gone, started going back to church and started exploring and really just sitting in Christianity is the fact that I can go to church and we can have a church outside or I can freely talk about my beliefs, you know, without, um, the fear of being persecuted, the fear of being hurt and harmed. And I'm not saying that there aren't Christians that are being persecuted. Um, I, you know, technically I was persecuting Christians myself. I used to like talk hella crap about Christians and I'm just thankful that, um, 
a lot of Christians are very forgiving and they have mercy and grace. And I'm just thankful that I can live in a country where I can talk about these things and I can truly be myself. Whether it's your queer, whether whether it's your Christian, whether, um, you know, something that you may be killed for in other countries, we do, we can't, we can't not, um, look at and be grateful for the privileges and the freedoms that we do have in this country. And, you know, I, I'm thankful and grateful for the military, not a fan of war, hate fighting, you know, not a fan of bloodshed for colonization and land that doesn't belong to us. (laughs) But I'm thankful for the, the, um, you know, the military service men and women that do go out there and fight for our freedom. So I salute and I'm, and I am grateful. I'm thankful for what we do have. And it is that time of the year where it's, is it a gunshot or is it a firework season? (laughs) On 4th of July here out in LA, a freaking car caught on fire from fireworks and them suckers were, were shooting fireworks literally until three, four o'clock in the morning. And I literally did not get a wink of sleep. So it's that time of the year. It's very American to set things on fire and use, um, illegal and legal. I don't even know if fireworks are legal here, but it's that time of the year for legal and illegal, um, fireworks. So you already know. So this weekend, um, I did post about this on my IG. So if you don't, please follow me at the Audacious Adri Show on IG. And I posted that while, you know, the country was celebrating freedom, I was baptized. And for those that you for those of you that don't know what baptism is and you didn't see my um my Instagram post, baptism is a spiritual ceremony where Christians they emerge themselves in water and that what it symbolizes is washing away sin and washing away your old life and who you used to be and you come up as a new person because of your relationship with Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ was also baptized by um, John the Baptist y'all please it like just if you're into spirituality like read Mark read the gospels like or read Matthew Matthew talks about um it's the it's the beginning of the gospels and it tells you about like what Jesus was all about like what he did and Jesus was baptized by this man called John John the Baptist because he baptized him and he was like known for specifically that and it's so wild because I was reading it and I was at um I was at like a national park and it said that like John the Baptist like lived in the freaking wilderness and he ate locusts and wild honey and he had he wore like these um animal skin sandals and he had I think he had like locks or like he had just like wild hair he was a very interesting weird man and he really wasn't like accepted by society because he wasn't normal and he would preach in the wilderness and he would tell people that he would see like like y'all better get y'all lives together because the messiah is coming y'all y'all better i think he would say repent before before the kingdom of god is near and he's just an interesting man and you like this man really kind of minded his business but he did um preach something that was like very countercultural to 
what like the religious leaders were preaching and the way that this man the way that this man's life ended is actually wild and i forgot about it because i hadn't read the bible in so long this man had quite a life but after um, no matter what he had been through he had the honor and privilege of baptizing Jesus Christ and he had known because it had been um they had been predicting that Jesus was coming for like hundreds of years like hundreds and he knew that Jesus was coming and Jesus came to him and was like yo John you're like you're gonna baptize me and John was like what why am I baptizing you like I'm not even worthy enough to tie your shoe why you want me to baptize you and Jesus was like because this is what the prophecy said and we have to fulfill it because that was a part of Jesus's um life and legacy he had to fulfill prophecies so that um because that how do I say this? <laughs> it's so like I'm no Bible scholar, but Jesus had to like hit certain um marks so that what they said would come true. You know what I'm saying? He was aware that he had to do certain things to fulfill what the what the the uh the prophets had had already said. And he was just like, "Listen, John, like this is what this is what they saying. They say they saying that you got to baptize me. That's that. That's that." So it's it's a really fascinating story. Please look even even if you do nothing, like just look up John the Baptist, whether you Google it or whether you look up um it up on YouTube. So I was baptized and it was really truly amazing. It really was just me saying, Hey world, look, I used to hate Christians. I used to have all these issues. I used to be an atheist, but I'm standing today in front of, you know, my church family and I believe it was taped so like we my church does um like internet church so you can watch the services and I'm I'm standing before my community of Christians and I'm standing in front of you know people watching and I'm saying hey this is who I am I am officially a follower of Christ and it was it was incredible it was such a um some monumental moment. I had been baptized as like, as we got baptized as a family. I think I was in high school at the time and I had gotten baptized at my old church in New York. Um, and that was, you know, a different phase of my life. And, you know, many are baptized as children, whether you're a part of the Catholic church or whether you're a part of the, um, uh, Protestant church. But I, you know, it was, I felt like this was, I, this is such a monumental time in my life, like just me coming out of atheism. And I felt like it was important that I just made this declaration. It's like almost like renewing your vows, you know, like if you're in a marriage and you kind of have some rough times and you may break up and you may make up and I may, I'm making up with, I'm making up with God and I'm just having a ceremony to, to make that known. So it was such a beautiful, um, experience and I'm just so very glad I did it and a fun fact like a lot of the times like at churches like you have to wear like certain some churches you wear white you wear a robe and at my church we wore like a black t-shirt and like you have to wear something underneath and y'all I wore my Beyonce shirt <laughs> I wore my Beyonce shirt and I'm like Beyonce is gonna be here with me it's my it's my girl <laughs> so that was really cool but um here we are, you know, the mask mandate. I th- I think they're saying that the mask mandate is back. And I was thinking, like, as I'm getting in this water, I'm like, yo, like, what's the tea with this water? Like, I know they do put chemicals in it. And I don't know how that works with, you know, Miss Rona. But I was like, I was the second person to be baptized. And I was like, trying to be the first because I'm like, I do not know what what could be in this bad boy. So trying to keep it safe, trying to keep it cute.
So there is this podcast called Dunzo. And I think I've talked about it before, but it's um, by Troy McKeady. He's an incredible, incredible podcaster. He, like myself, has a Patreon. Little plug here. Uh, if you don't already, please become a patron a patron with my Patreon. Patreon.com slash audacious Adri Show. It allows for creatives like myself and like Troy McKeady to make a living off of our art. So I became a patron, a patron of Troy's um last year and his podcast is, it talks about celebrity relationships and I'm a big fan of pop culture if you don't already know that. And so I was immediately hooked. And one of the things that I learned from his podcast, um, well, one of my favorite, favorite, favorite series he did, he didn't really do, he doesn't really do like series like that often. He'll, it's like a special, he'll do like a special if it's like a really interesting weird and wacky couple and one of the most weird and wacky couples that he did was Whitney Houston and Bobby Brown and y'all just have to listen to it but the beginning of the series is um Troy talking about um Whitney's relationship and friendship and romantic relationship allegedly with a friend of hers that was a wo- that is a woman she's still alive and her name is Robin and I knew a little bit I'm a huge Whitney fan but I didn't really dive deep into her personal life I was more like into her music and recently I had just been curious you know because things I watched I had watched those two documentaries about her there was like a Hulu one I think it was two Hulu ones and it just I was so fascinated there was so much stuff I didn't know and I just needed to know more because it just like I don't I don't feel like the media really dived into this part of her life they talked about everything else but they never really dived into this relationship I know it had been talked about but not to my knowledge so he died he he talked about her relationship her alleged relationship with Robin and what that looked like and then he went into her relationship with Bobby Brown and that is such a fascinating um relationship those two that was such a fascinating couple couplesome is that a word couplesome well we're making it one today and he also did a series on being Bobby Brown now if you don't know being Bobby Brown was um the Bravo series that was recorded back in like the early 2000s and I remember watching I watched it when it came out and I remember being like like almost watching through my finger you know when you're watching like a scary movie and it's like a gory part and if you're you know squeamish like me you kind of watch through your fingers I remember being in like high school and being like this is not okay I just felt like I was watching something that I shouldn't watch it's like almost like Beyonce having a reality show like we like we are just not meant to see Beyonce you know in a certain light as it as we weren't really meant to see Whitney Houston in a certain light and that was so bad for her image and it because her image was you know perfectly crafted for her to be like America's sweetheart and at the end of the day like this is actually why I love Whitney Whitney was a girl from Newark New Jersey 
And she was real AF. She was so real. And I respect her for her realness. But I really like we were not supposed to see that. It just felt like something that we weren't supposed to see. And what I realized and what Troy took us through um, as he did a review and he talked about, you know, every single episode. Well, I, I don't know if he did every single episode, but he did a review on some episodes. What we realized was Bobby was is an suffers allegedly allegedly from some traits of narcissism. Yes. <laughs> Narcissism. That's what we're going to be talking about today, darling. Narcissism. Now, I know a lot of people use this term, and I know a lot of people talk about it and call people that when they're a little bit self-absorbed. But, you know, there there is like NPD, narcissistic personality disorder, and I believe it only affects like less than 1% of the population. So it's not like an epidemic, but there are people that have narcissistic traits and what I've learned ever since I saw that show I started picking up the traits of narcissism and I started to see it everywhere and it completely changed my life now what narcissism is now this is according to um, psychology today narcissism is a disorder in which a person has an inflated sense of self now Psychology Today also says that narcissism is on a spectrum like sexuality. Now, for those that don't know, there is a psychologist. He's like the father of this study, um, Kinsey. Kinsey says that like sexuality is on a spectrum. He His theory is that, you know, some people are like at a zero. Zero means like very, very straight. And some people are at a 10, like very, very gay. But for the most people are on a spectrum, like they're either a little bit gay or, or a lot of bit gay or, or a little bit queer. They're somewhere on that spectrum. And what some psychologists say about narcissism is that some people are on the spectrum as well. And if you think about it, as children, we are all narcissists as children because as children we are the world all we know is our own little bubble it's me 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 i i i and we have to learn as children to share we have to learn as children to care and have empathy for others and that is something that we are often taught now what happens with narcissism is some people don't grow out of that and some people are not reared or raised to have empathy for others because they may have a traumatic event that happens to them and it just screws up their mind or they have parents that essentially spoil them and they continue to have this tunnel vision of just their world, what they want, I, I, I. Now, on the other hand of that, it is healthy to have a sense of narcissism. It is healthy to have a little bit of um, care for yourself, a little bit of um, your own worldview. There is, a, there is a scale of healthy narcissism. This is what psychologists are saying. But what makes it different, what makes it dangerous, what makes it an issue is when it becomes unhealthy to where you only have tunnel vision and you have no empathy for other humans, right? Now, um, there is something called the Narcissistic Personality Inventory. It's called the MPI. And it was made popular by Robert Raskin and Calvin S. Hall. And there are scores of zero to 40. So I, so now average, pardon me. Now, 
you are average to low in your mid-teens. You know, as a teenager, you really just only have your own worldview. You only kind of know what's going on in your school, in your life. You don't really know about the world. You don't really care about the world. And then as you grow up, you you start caring. You start meeting people. You start caring more about other people. You start understanding more about people. You start giving more. And the problem is that some people do not grow out of that childhood uh, narcissism to that mid-teen and to into adulthood. They don't. They don't properly um, develop. And just like I say for like every episode, I am not an expert on this. I am only going by what Miss uh, Miss Psychology Today says. So please fact check me, and please, if I'm wrong, I you know I am not too self absorbed to to be to be wrong. So if I'm if I'm saying something wrong or if I'm you know incorrect, I would love to be. Please correct me. But um, at the end of the day, a narcissist has a grandiose persona or sense of self they think of themselves as way more important you know as they are and when you think about it like as kids or as a teenager you think like as a kid you're like oh my gosh if I don't find a dress to this dance my life will be over if I don't find a date to prom oh my gosh and like as a parent or as a person that is in um in a relationship or, you know, in close proximity to like a teenager or a child, you're like, you're crazy. Like, it's not that big of a deal. It's not like, like your prom is not the most important part of your life, but it's only what they can understand. That's only what they're dealing with. They're in like a little community of high school or they're in a little community of their mind as a child. But it, it, it's, it's, it's an issue when you're a full grown adult and you only think that, oh my gosh, if I don't get 42 likes on this picture of my world, it's going to be over. These people need to see me. That's when it becomes an issue because at that point in your life, as you're an adult, there is there should be a, a healthy sense of reality, a healthy sense of what's going on. But narcissists have a, a flawed sense of reality. They live in an alternate reality. And it's so funny because I was talking to my grandma and my 70 something year old grandma is like on the internet and she's like, oh my goodness, I'm, you know, I'm staying off the internet because people just like, all they do is only share like their good stuff. Like, oh my gosh, it just like, it's really difficult. And I'm like, oh grandma, you're learning how the internet works. (laughs) And I like to call the internet an alternate reality. I'm like, the internet is not technically real. You know what I'm saying? And and I, I applaud some people because there's like, I, and whenever I think of this, I think of a person that I follow. I, I've known her for years. We were interns together and she is a beautiful, beautiful woman, comes from an amazing family and she recently had twins and she has like another little one as well. And, you know... It, she's giving she's given us some beautiful Instagram photos. She's given us some beautiful Instagram moments, but she's very um intentional about being hey about being like y'all laundry ain't done haven't left the house haven't done my hair the kids are crying everything's wild and she likes to keep it real with with her followers and I really respect that because I think a lot of the times it's very easy to say oh I got a new car oh I got a new job oh my kids are Instagram perfect oh 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 and I think a lot of us do that and it's really easy to get sucked into this Instagram world and this Facebook world and compare ourselves to other people and that's why they're saying that social media is causing so much depression because a lot of us are seeing what they say, the highlight reel. A lot of us are seeing only the good things that people post and we're comparing ourselves. You know, like I posted a picture a couple weeks ago and it was me like, 
I was in like a really weird position, but I had like six, six fat rolls just rolling down my stomach. And I was like, oh, I really should Photoshop that out. Like, that's not cute. But I was like, you know what? I'm going to leave it in. Because people seem to think that I'm just like this skinny mini and I don't eat and this is how I look. Now, granted, I work very hard on my physique. You know, I exercise every day. I try to eat as healthy as I can. You know what I mean? But like, I have rolls. I have stretch marks and I have cellulite. And I think a lot of the times we just live in this perfect perfect little social media world where everything is perfect. But that's why it's not real. It's not real because in the real world, everybody has cellulite. Everybody has fat rolls for the most part. Everybody has something on their bodies that they don't like. We all have blemishes. And I've gotten caught up in in, in using um, filters and Photoshop and things as well. I'm guilty of it as well. You know, so and so it's it's important that we realize that social media is in, it's not the real world. It's it's a world that we've created for ourselves. But what I'm learning is narcissists live in this fantasy world where they're just the center of the universe. They everything that they do is so important to other people. And at the end of the day, it's because they're suffering. It's because they're suffering. They realize that they're small. So they have to prove to all of society that they're this big, important person, you know, because somebody that's important doesn't have to say, hello, I'm important. You know, when when if Oprah walked into a room, you know, or if somebody that is a dignitary or somebody of importance of importance walks into a room, you will know. Because they carry that kind of persona, they carry themselves that kind of way. You know what I mean? So um, they're also saying, Psychology Today also says that um, narcissists have a hunger for appreciation or admiration. They, they have a desire to be the center of attention and expectation of special treatment reflecting perceived higher status. Now, that's so interesting because I feel like at the end of the day, as humans, we all want to be looked at as special. You know, we're all told as most of us are told as children, you're special, you're somebody. And people are like, so many people like more Gen X and like boomers are like, we're done with giving participation trophies. Y'all need to stop. This generation is so weak (laughs) because nowadays people are getting trophies just for showing up. (laughs) But because everybody is supposed to made to to feel special, and like some people are like uh, disagreeing with that. Some people are saying, "No, you need to you need to do something to be special." And you know, I don't really, I don't know how I feel about that. You know, I think, um, I think that everybody, like you're here. I think that we're all miracles. The fact, like the 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 miracle of childbirth is just so amazingly amazing i have an obsession with childbirth y'all that's like my my new thing right now maybe i'll do an episode on it (laughs) but i've just been really like fascinated by just like how we're made and how we come into this world it's like such a miracle so i like to think that we're all special i like to think that we're all here for a reason um but but what the thing is with narcissists is they seem to think like i'm special i'm amazing i'm the and they don't really they think of other people as lower than them see that's the issue you can think i'm amazing i'm special but you can say you're special too 
they seem to think that they're the only one that's important. They're the only one that's special and they should get special treatment for that. Now, I've been having a lot of conversations with my brother, who's a sociologist. I talk about him all the time. And we're just realizing, you know, the root of like racism in this country, the root of sexism in this country, the root of um, transphobia and homophobia in this country is essentially because of capitalism. Capitalism is the big beast that um, has put us, you know, working all these hours and buying all these things and, you know, looking at people as lower than us and exploiting people and hoarding wealth is because of capitalism. And because of capitalism and the need to produce, narcissists often perform well. They perform well in school, they perform well in work, and they end up getting rewarded for it. Now, they generally don't work um, harder um, because they love what they do or they're gifted. Um, They often do it because they know that that gets them ahead. They get rewarded for it. Essentially, like if you are such a hard worker at work, what are they going to do? Give you more hours, give you a raise. They're going to reward you for it because you're producing for them. So because of this need for admiration, they generally outperform people. So narcissists are pretty successful most of the time. And we just had a narcissist president. (laughs) We just had a president. He was just rewarded with the freaking nuclear codes. You know what I mean? We, We just saw it. The leader of the free world was just a raging narcissist and he was rewarded for that constantly. You know what I mean? He almost got a second term. So they so they generally can, you know, be in high places. I mean, a lot of people talk about narcissistic uh, bosses, you know, and because they because how the world is set up when you when you outperform, when you when you assert yourself, when you're not afraid of a little bit of competition, you you get rewarded. So they often and they have this shameless plugging. They just they're shameless they often get put in these amazing positions. So they generally tend to make more money. They generally tend to be more charming and more attractive as well. Now, what they may work harder, and I'm using quotes, but what narcissists tend to do is they manipulate and exploit other people to get ahead. Now, that generally sounds like most, uh, most VPs or most... Um, leaders of large corporations. They exploit uh, workers. They pay workers less money so that they can become rich. And that is like the foundation of this country. You know, so it's like when 4th of July was just coming up and we're like, yay, yay, yay. I'm like, oh, yay, exploiting, exploiting natives and exploiting blacks. Like we're celebrating that freedom. Woo! <laughs> but essentially the colonizers that's what they did they exploited black people by making them work literally beating them and if they didn't do it they killed them to work for free so that they could become richer now that is narcissism right there you know that is like the foundation of this country it was basically built on capitalism and narcissism narcissism is also i'm better than you like it, when we when we think about when we think about um like the foundation of this country and all men are created equal at the time black people were only considered three-fourths of a human that is narcissism narcissism is saying i'm better than you i'm more human than you it's just it's psychotic truly it's psychotic truly and so if you 
and I know, so when we think about it, there's narcissism, there's narcissists in every aspect of our lives, whether we're working, whether it's friendships, whether it's relationships. And, and it's once you, once you see it, just like Drake, Drake says in his song, you gonna see some shit that you don't want to see. Like once you realize about narcissism and about narcissists, you can't unsee it. You'll start realizing that they're literally everywhere. And I want you to know that narcissists will exploit you. That's what they will do. They look at you as as a stepping stone, as a ladder. Whatever they can, they will use you to get ahead and to get whatever they want. And that's just how they are. You know what I mean? Now, here's the thing. There is a way to defeat narcissists. And it's not easy. Trust me, it's not easy because a lot of... We may be in deep in relationships with these people. We may love them. So it, you know, there's ways to kind of deal with them and and defeat them. And then there's ways where you kind of have to just kind of deal. You know what I'm saying? Because they may be your partner. They may be your mother. They may be your brother. You know, they may be your teacher or your boss. So you can't always just be like, screw you, I'm out. Because that's just not you can't always do that. But I want to give y'all some tips on how to deal with um, the narcissist in your life. Now, the first and best way to deal with a narcissist in your life is to have boundaries. Now, boundaries, I talk about it on like almost every single episode. Have boundaries. Protect your energy. Now, when you when you look at the situation and you see yourself as an as narcissistic supply, as somebody that they're using to get ahead, if you if you look at it that way, you will start giving less of your resources to them. They just want to suck you dry. They're like a leech. They're like a, a mosquito. They just want to use your blood as your life form, especially if you're an empath and you're very giving. If you like to give your money to people, if you like to give your time or resources, I would say just stop doing that. If you can stop doing that, they will squirm like a little roach. They will definitely squirm, but you have to be firm in your boundaries. If you if you're always the one to pay because that's just who you are, don't offer to pay. You know, if they're a great conversation or their business partner or something, if they want, if they want to go to dinner, you pick the place, have control, take control back. You pick the place and you don't pay. They will literally like not know what to do. They'll literally have a fit and it's called narcissistic rage. They may come after you. They may like literally lose their minds. But if you stand firm in your boundaries and stand firm in who you are, you really can defeat them. You can truly do it. And you can also control how you respond to them. Um, Narcissists often project. They often, what's projecting is like, um, they may be insecure and they may say, oh, you're really insecure. You really hate yourself, don't you? They will do this when you, when you start having boundaries and when you start standing up for yourself. And the only reason that they're projecting is because they feel that way. Oftentimes, a narcissist in a relationship, in a romantic relationship, will accuse you of cheating. And it's almost always because they are cheating. Now, narcissists cannot be faithful. 
They literally do not have a faithful bone in their body. I promise you, if you ask 10 people that have been in a relationship with a narcissist, if they cannot prove it, they will say, I believe that they cheated on me. And I know all 10 will say they accused me of cheating. And you can be the most faithful person out there, but they will 100% accuse you of cheating because they are cheating. They will often gaslight you. And gaslighting you is distorting your reality. Gaslighting is, you said, you know, um, hey, hey, lover, <laughs> lover, hey, boo, can you take out the trash? And the trash is not taken out. They said that they would take it out, right? But three days later, the trash is still there. Flies are all around. It's getting gross. It smells. And you're like, hey, I asked you to take the garbage out like three days ago. Why didn't you do that? And they'll say, I never said that. You never, you never asked me to take the garbage out. Why would you ask me to do that? They do that to distort your reality and make you think that you're crazy. And there's a YouTuber, um, Lisa Romano, and she calls it crazy making behavior. They'll, they'll often like make you think that you're crazy. They will just completely deny, deny, deny. They'll lie and deny. Those are their two favorite, lying and denying. It's in crazy making behavior, she calls it, is like when you feel so like loopy in the head that you're like, yo, I need to start recording. I need to start recording our conversations. If you ever feel like you need to start recording conversations with somebody because you're like, I swear that I said so-and-so, but they're completely denying it. They're swearing to God. They're swearing on their mother's life that they never said that. You are being gaslighted, all right? Now, I'm currently reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad, which I completely recommend to everyone. It's about finances and how to... um how to be wise with your finances. Also, side note, narcissists are horrible with their finances. They're really, really bad. They're very bad at spending. They look at look, look at Donald Trump. Doesn't pay people, exploits people, goes bankrupt. They're terrible with finances. So if you notice that this this part uh this narcissist in your life is, you know, always broke or getting getting evicted or can't keep a job or lazy they truly just don't money is just like frivolous to them they don't want to work they're lazy they want things to be given to them that's why they milk you if you're a hard worker if you have if you worked hard for something they will absolutely 1000% try to align themselves with you because they want what you have they don't want to work for anything they believe that they deserve to be given they want to be a sugar they want to be a sugar baby they want to be taken care of by people or they or they just want to make a lot of money but not pay right do not go into business with a narcissist and i'm going to tell you that right now but rich dad poor dad is saying uh be an observer to your emotions not a reactor and i think that is very important with dealing with a narcissist now um the book also says that emotions are energy in motion so as humans we are full of energy so we may be you know we may be sad one moment and happy one moment and glad one moment and we experience many different emotions but do not let your emotions run you you know what i mean for instance um i was staying um in a hotel right and it was like an open concept. So we we had some communal areas. And I had been chatting. You know, I'm pretty friendly. I had been chatting with one of the people staying in the in the hotel. 
and you know we got to talking we had a lot in common and he kind of was like flirting with me and being a little it wasn't like super inappropriate but he had did something that I didn't really like and it made me like I kind of froze up like a clam because I'm like whoa like it just kind of it caught me by surprise right he he basically was like trying to hit on me and we I never opened that door for him to do that and he felt that I did so he responded accordingly and I in the moment I could have been like oh my god how dare you like I could have like blown up on him but I was like you know what I'm gonna I I I kind of brushed it off and then I walked away from the situation and I kind of took a couple days and I thought about it and I'm like you know what I need to say something because this is a t- super inappropriate and I went up to him and I was like hey just so you know the other day and I and I was talking to y'all like how I'm talking talking to him like how I'm talking to y'all and I was like hey it was kind of I didn't really like what you did and he blew up on me blew up and he was like you're not even my type and da 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 and if I was insecure and if I was ruled by my emotions I could have been like how dare you like I know I'm beautiful and I could have been like how dare you call me not attractive how dare you not think I'm attractive but I don't really care because I, it doesn't matter what if he thinks I'm beautiful I know I'm beautiful so he you know I didn't lose it over that but I'm gonna keep it 100 with y'all he he did insult me in one way and that is I snapped I snapped and I went off on him and I you know I called him a name that I shouldn't have called him I think I talked about this on the last episode but I, I called him a name that I shouldn't call have called him it was because he he got under my skin y'all and he 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 pulled that button he hit that lever that allowed me to not control my emotions and I learned and I learned don't be blindsided by people because people are gonna try he tried to hurt me he tried to hurt me and he and he and it just was ugly and I and I didn't come at him in any kind of like uh, um combative way I was just like listen like you know you did this and it kind of like I didn't like it but you know I put that boundary up and he did not like that so once you if you do try to put a boundary up with the narcissist they will like I said before they will have a fit so just prepare yourself mentally prepare yourself and know that no weapon formed against you shall prosper that is a a bible verse and it is truly amazing it means that nothing that comes to you not nothing that tries to hurt you will hurt you and you have that when you go into that when you need to have that conversation with that narcissist you just need to know that and you need to control yourself do your breathing exercises meditate do yoga do what you need to do so that you are are solid and grounded in who you are so that they when they try to throw daggers at you and they try to attack your character you won't let that you will let that it'll be water off a duck's back right so yeah don't let don't let your emotions control you because they are going to come for you whether it's on the internet whether it's to all their friends or all your mutual friends or whether it's um to your face so just be prepared for that now some of us have relationships you know we're in relationships with narcissists or we're in proximity to them and we kind of you know we have to tread lightly when we have children with with narcissists and you know because a lot of people say that the best way to just completely dead this is just stop talking with them go no contact with them and there's really not much explanation about that. Like if you, if there's a narcissist in your life and you know that they are, they check off all the boxes. You've looked them up online. You've looked it up on psychology today. You've looked at Miss Lisa Romano or, or Dr. Romani, 
who I love. Those are two amazing resources. I've learned so much from those two women. And I believe Dr. or I believe Lisa Romano was in a relationship with a narcissist and she had she has an amazing story. So definitely look her up. And Dr. Romani um like specifically studies this. So definitely look her up as well. And because a lot of therapists and psychologists don't specifically study narcissism. It's just like a chapter in their studies. Um, and as a person who has been in therapy and dealt with some narcissism and some friendships and relationships, um, sometimes your therapist literally truly will overlook it. You like, they really will. Like I had a therapist that was like, making me do some dumb stuff to the narcissist in my life. And I look back like that was not safe for me to do. And I'm so thankful that I found um, Dr. Romani because she specifically studies narcissism and she's like the expert on it. So there's that. But um, you you may love the narcissist in your life, but you have to be wise about how you let them in because they will exploit you, like I said. Now, and when you can't always cut them out of your life, um, there are ways like boundaries, like keeping things surface level or, you know, kind of choosing your battles with them. There, there's, there's ways around it, but I truly, I would suggest just cutting them off completely if you can, you know, now the three things that narcissists specifically want, they want power they want attention, and they want affirmation. So please make sure that you are trying your very best not to give them these three things. Take away their power, take away their attention, and take away their affirmation. Narcissists want to make you think that they're in control because they manipulate and exploit you. But if you take away their attention from them, if you do not affirm them and you do not give them power by give, by putting up boundaries or cutting them off, you win. Or not giving in to their attacks or not giving in to their mind control, you win. Okay? Power, attention, and affirmation. All right? Now... For those that are in relationships with narcissists, I truly pray for you and I truly keep you in my thoughts and my prayers because it's very, 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 very hard to deal with. And I specifically suggest that if you're trying to get out of that relationship that you see somebody that is specifically um, a narcissist specialist because it is very hard to get out of a relationship with a narcissist. I read somewhere that it takes seven tries because it's an ab- it's abuse. Narcissistic abuse is a thing. If you're in a relationship with a narcissist, you are being abused. Okay? I want to let you know that right now. They may not put their hands on you, but you are being emotionally abused. Okay? And it's it's nearly impossible for people with narcissistic personality disorder or those with narcissistic traits that are a little bit higher on the scale to truly fall in love and build a trusting equal partnership. They often give you strict rules and regulations to attempt to isolate you um, 
from friends and family this is generally like when you're first when you first start dating and that's if you've been dating for a while you are you're probably already in too deep like not in too deep but you're probably very isolated from your family and friends you might be you might have mutual friends you might have friends that are like couples um that you know from them or that you've met together but they will definitely try to isolate you from your family and friends because they want to be your sense of lifeblood now when you're away from them they lose it because you are their supply like if you're out of out of town or you're with friends or you're by yourself on a trip, they hate it because they don't want you to do anything without them because you are their source of power. What did I say? Power, attention, and, and affirmation. They often, if you have friends together, so they don't really have like control of like your family and friends because your family and friends know you and they support you and they love you. Now, if it's like some sketchy family and friends, I don't really mess with you like that, then like they can be persuaded or they can be exploited as well. But if you have like friends together, they will often pit people against you. They'll often tell lies on you. They'll make themselves look like a victim. And that's so that um, they can gain control of you and make you feel less than. And they do not play by the rules that they created. And they blame you. (laughs) And they have a bottomless pit of needs. They're so needy, but they'll project on you that that you're needy. It's, It's truly, they're the devil. They're the devil. You're never good enough for them. They're very competitive with you. Like I said, remember, they do really well in society because they're competitive. They're often competitive with you. They want to be the most beautiful in the room. They want to be the smartest in the room. They want to be the best looking in the room. And they have ego, egocentric behavior. They, they don't take, they don't take um, accountability for their actions. And they blame their problems on everyone else. And they, they just, they, nothing is their fault ever. So if you ever say, well, you didn't take the garbage out. And they say, well, I didn't take the garbage out because my parents didn't raise me well. <laughs> Or I didn't take the garbage out because you have me living in this house and the garbage can isn't big enough. <laughs> like I'm laughing. I'm not laughing like at it's just so bizarre. And the and <laughs> it's so wild. And and if if you're if you're dating out there, I want to let you know I've said this in other episodes. If they speak very poorly of their exes. If they start talking about their exes and using degrading terms like, oh, she was a bitch, a slut, a bad mother, she, uh, he was he was this and he was that and he was a whatever, insert degrading term. Watch out for that. I said that on like my, my first episodes. If your person that you're dating just goes in on their ex, watch out. Watch out. Most people would say, oh, they cheated on me or we weren't a good fit or it wasn't meant to be. Watch, watch watch out (sighs) and lastly a normal person you know has their own you know their own bubble that they live in but they collaborate with others to help serve a purpose because we are all here to serve others you collaborate with people to have a team you collaborate with people at work collaborate with your church to feed the hungry there there's there's Everybody has, it's healthy to do something that serves other people, whether it's one day a week, once a month, or even at your job. 
But narcissists are unable to do that. They live in their bubble and everyone outside the bubble serves them. And all of their relationships are transactional. They provide positive attention and sexual satisfaction to bolster their ego and self-esteem. But at the end of the day, they're at war with that if you're more popular or more smart or have more money than them. Their brains are wired for short-term mating. They have an animalistic sense of uncommitted pleasure. They can't commit because they don't have they don't have it a bone in them to 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 truly have in true intimacy with people because they don't know who they are. Oftentimes you'll see a narcissistic person and try to pursue a person that's already that already is in a relationship. And the reason why they do this is because it's easy for them. They don't have to put in any work. That person is already being for the most part um their intimacy needs are already being met. So it's just easy for them to just swoop in and try to be Mr. or Miss um, Queen of Sex. They're, they're probably going to be, essentially, sometimes, the best partner that you've had. Sometimes they will be, but a lot of times they won't because they'll, they'll be so um, concerned about their pleasure. So watch out for that too. And what I've learned in my spiritual journey is... No matter what religion you are, if you believe in a religion or a higher power, most religions speak negatively of the the idea of narcissism. Most religions truly are about serving other people and helping other people. I, I was doing some looking up of Buddhism. I love st- studying other religions. I'm a Christian. I believe in Jesus Christ. But ever since I was in high school, I've always loved studying other religions because, you know, a lot of the times it's kind of, it's similar. You know, I, I feel like I can learn something from a Buddhist. You know, I can learn something from a Catholic. We, we all can coexist together in this world. And most of our world religions have a a part of the religion that is focused on giving back. Narcissists are unable to give back because all they do is wanting, they want to take for themselves. And I, and I was studying Buddhism and Buddhism has something called dana. I'm, please correct me if I'm saying it wrong, but it's dana. It's giving, sharing. It's giving and sharing and selfless giving without anticipation of return to the giver. So it's giving, you know, p- paying for dinner without expecting somebody to pay for it back. You just do it out of the kindness of your heart. It's giving to a charity without, you know, expecting the charity to pay you back or give you something in the mail. It's just giving just out of the kindness of your human heart. And there's also something called sweet Donna, which is giving of time. If you don't have the, the money, you know, the physical money, you give of your time. In Christianity, um, after Christ was murdered, there was something called the Acts Church. And I actually posted something on my IG yesterday about how to pray. Um, There's an acronym called Acts, but it's also the Acts Church. And the church that they built was more similar to how church is done now. And in the Acts Church, they shared everything. They gave to the church 
They fed the hungry. They clothed the poor. And they helped widows and orphans. They And, and, and many Christian um, churches and, and communities, people have built hospitals, schools, and social services for the betterment of other people. In Islam, there's something called the third pillar. And that is compuls- compulsory giving to um, people at a, like people that are at a certain income level are supposed to and expected to give. They give to those that have nothing. They give to those that have low income and can't afford all of their necessary um, expenses. And they give to charity. In Judaism, there's something called Zedakan. Zedakan. I know I'm saying that wrong. Please forgive me. But it's cheerfully giving. It's giving without being asked. And some people like to call the Black Panthers a terrorist group, <laughs> which is so funny to me. But I, I really respect the Black Panthers. They even had free breakfast for children. They were all about, you know, defending, defending black folks, you know, defending and keeping black folks safe. But even they gave to children. Now, it's, it's I know this is a lot of information and I know this is like a lot. And I know that the, 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 the wheels in your brain are, are turning like, who is a narcissist? Who is this? Who is this in my life? And I know it's really hard because when I watched or when I listened to Dunzo and I watched Being Bobby Brown and I looked at Dr. Romani and Dr. Grande and Lisa, Lisa A. Romano's videos, I was like, oh my gosh, they're everywhere. They're everywhere. I started to see them in my friendships. I started to see them in my, um, in my, in my working spaces. I started to see them in my community, in my family. And it really was very difficult. So I would definitely recommend getting some type of therapy by a specialist. Sitting with yourself and reminding yourself that you are enough. And to a narcissist, you will never be good enough. But I'm here to tell you that you are enough. You are enough and you can make it and you can survive. You just have to be strong. It may take everything out of you. It may take everything out of you to leave this relationship. It may take everything out of you to end the, end the friendship. It may take everything out of you to move to a different department and get another boss. But I want to encourage you to do that. But I want to encourage you to have a plan. Don't do this on your own. So get professional help. And, and have a plan. Work on an exit strategy. If there's kids involved, pets, finances, or assets, talk to a lawyer. Get your things, get your ducks in order because they're not going to go without a fight. They're not going to go without a fight. Have a trusted family or friend nearby. Do not go through this on your own. And make sure that it's a trusted family or friend, that family or family member or friend that's not connected to them. Because they do have like little minions. I think they're called flying monkeys. They're little minions that they have that check on you. They're little minions that they have that watch you. They're little minions that they have that kind of 
you know, kind of see what you're doing because a, um, a narcissist wants, they, they will stalk you. They will watch your social media. They will contact you. And often they say the narcissist will try to come back when you leave them. So you need to have your arsenal, love. Have your arsenal. I would also recommend having legal routes because they do not play fair. When it comes to custody or like I said, like assets, like talk to a lawyer, get your ducks in order, liquidate your businesses, sell your businesses, get rid of stuff because they're going to come after it. And if you can go no contact, just drop off the face of the earth. Don't tell you, don't tell them where you're going. Don't tell anybody where, where you're going or if you, if you're able to do that. Now I know not everybody can do that. But if you can go away to safety, because they will make your life a living hell. Get help for yourself because it is a long healing process. It is a long, long, especially if you've been dealing with that person for over, you know, 15, 20, 10, 30 years. There's some people that have been married to narcissists for 30 years. It's not easy. And lastly, I would say get yourself some kind of faith. Because faith is going gonna, is gonna to be what helps you get through this. Get some kind of faith. Do not... I, I, a lot of people have their coping mechanisms. Drinking and drugs will not help you. They'll only make it worse. They'll only put your guards down so that they can swoop in and try to get you back. They're going to tell, I'm sorry, and I love you, and you're this, and you're that. They're going to do it. But you have to be strong. I would suggest having the most sober of minds. Get your mind right. And don't ever, and here's one more thing. Don't ever call them a narcissist to their face. Don't ever say, I know that you're a narcissist. I know what you're doing. Save yourself the trouble. Honestly, I would just say, get your shit in order and just bounce if you can. Try your best to disconnect with them. Don't start a fight. If, if you're planning to go not, no contact and just leave them in the dust, don't even explain. Just go. Change your number and leave. Now, if you are in a relationship with them and you can't kind of plan it, get your plan together. Don't even write it down. Keep it in your mind. There's a, I always tell this story about um, Prince and Beyonce. They did a... They did a um, a performance together and Beyonce is a Virgo so she's a perfectionist and she wanted to she likes to tape all of her rehearsals so she can look at them and perfect and they didn't end up taping the rehearsal horn Prince and Prince says it's in your mind (laughs) love your plan is in your mind do not write it down don't put it in your phone because they go through your things too they go trust and believe they've gone through your phone they've gone through your messages they've gone through your emails they probably know your passwords change all your passwords get them out of your shit i'm sorry that i'm cussing but i cannot stress this enough this is a freaking epidemic and it's it there's just so much hurt and pain and if i would have known these things I would have saved myself so much trouble. So much trouble. And so much time and so much hurt and so much pain. If somebody would have told me, look out 
for something like this. And I and the reason why I'm here in this podcast is so that you can learn from my mistakes. Now, I want to let you know that my DMs are always open. You can always DM me if you have a question. Like I said, I am no expert. But maybe I can point you into the right resource. Maybe I can send you a Dr. Romano or a Lisa Romano video, Romano video or a Dr. Grande video or a Dr. Romani video. At least I can or can point you into the direction of a therapist that I had. Or I can pray for you. And I pray for you all every chance that I get. Now this, I'm, I'm, I'm coming to y'all with urgency because I know that so many of us have people like this in our lives and we continuously get hurt and we don't understand why. Some of us go from, from narcissist in relationship to narcissist in relationship and we wonder why we're not, we're not excelling in life. We're wondering why we're not doing well. Our, our, our manifestations are not happening because look at who we're putting ourselves with. They say that you are the sum of the, of the total of the five people that you hang out with the most. Now, if you're hanging out with a narcissist, you better believe there's another one around them or there's a weakling around them, giving them power, giving them affirmation and giving them attention. And I want to encourage you that you are better than that. You deserve to be around people who love you and give to you instead of take. Please email me if you have any questions. Askaudaciousadri at gmail.com. This is something that I feel very strongly about. This is the reason why I started this podcast. That's why I've been talking about getting your mind right and taking care of your body and your mind and getting a spiritual practice because this is what makes you strong enough to defeat these freaking demons. They're demons, truly. And I just love you all so much. And I thank you so much for being here with me. I'm so thankful that I get to come here and I get to tell y'all about my experiences and tell y'all about what I've learned. I mean, I, I prepared y'all. I studied for this. And I really hope that y'all take this time to evaluate your life and evaluate who's in your life. Because you deserve the best. Okay, this was supposed to be a mini episode. It is over an hour. I don't know how that happened, but... Y'all, I love y'all so much. I'm Audacious Adri. Don't forget to follow me on social media at The Audacious Adri Show on IG and Audacious Adri on Twitter. Please email me at askaudaciousadri at gmail.com. If you have any questions or need to know anything or need any resources or just need somebody to talk to, I am here. I love you all so much. I pray for you every day and I just hope that y'all have an amazing, amazing weekend. Thank you so much and I will chat with you later.